I guess Jesse Sterling. <laughs> Jesse Silver. Just, no. Don't make fun of me. No, that's okay. I like it. I like it's cool. Yeah, this is my husband, uh, Jesse, uh, who already no. introduced himself. We have never met before, have we not? No, we haven't. I have here an unopened pack of playing cards. Oh, God. Um, I don't get it. It's almost like, this is my husband. We've never met before. Like, it's a magic trick setup. Right. Oh, okay. Yes. Weird. I wasn't really following, but sure, we'll go with that. That's okay. And also with us is our is our cat. What's her stage name? Lilith. Lil Twin Peaks. Aluminum. Lil Twin Peaks. <laughs> so, all right, there's a quick story behind her. Um, Perry comes downstairs one day. She looks at the YouTube searches, my recent YouTube searches, and in there it says Lil Twin Peaks. Now, if you've seen the prequel film Firewalk with me, there is a character named Lil who does an interpretive dance to describe the situation to Agent Cooper. But Perry looks at it and sees she doesn't see Lil Twin Peaks. Like the name. She sees Lil Twin Peaks. And she says, is there a rapper named Lil Twin Peaks? I don't know. I thought Kyle MacLachlan maybe took up a new new hobby. It's a good pseudonym. Um, no, he would be MC Cherry Pie. Uh <laughs> But because our cat is named Lilith, we have since started calling her Lil Twin Peaks. Yes. So um, watch out for her single dropping soon. Yes. And uh, so we're, so as of this recording, we are celebrating our anniversary tomorrow. That's our wedding right. anniversary. Two mm. years, baby. Yeah, it feels crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, 24 months. What a uh, weird time loop COVID put us in. Yeah. Because. When do you think we would have been married without COVID? Um, I think. I think we would have been engaged around the same time because we we say COVID moved our relationship forward quicker, but we were already talking about engagement before we moved in. We had already mm-hmm. decided to move in together pre-COVID. All right. So maybe, maybe, I don't know. I feel like we would have maybe been married like the following year because you would have wanted to plan an actual wedding. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't have had the excuse of like, covid so you have to zoom so it would have had to be much bigger right probably a lot less casual um but we talk about how our wedding i would have been in that shitty job for longer true but we talk about how our wedding was the best wedding ever yes it was no one has topped our wedding none um it was great uh i was talking about i guess i don't know if it was to you or my mom you guys are practically the same um I think it was you that like I just love that we walked each other down the aisle yep, and that we were able to spend time with each other like before the actual ceremony and really, you know, experience like, whoa, we're about to get married yes. right now because even though I wanted to spend the night before apart, it was wild because I, I wanted to sleep in and not be bothered. Oh, that's funny. You <laughs> thought you were going to be able to sleep in. That's yeah. not why you wanted to spend the night apart. I, because I hold on to weird traditions. Yeah, that's things. why. And aren't you glad I convinced you not to? It would have been fine. I'm glad you had a better time. It was fun going to sleep and waking up and be like, we're getting married today. Oh, my God. 
Um, we were already living in sin anyway. That's right. It's not like we had sex the night before or the night of our wedding because we were beat as fuck. The fact that we managed to fall asleep in the same bed on our wedding night is... Yeah, that was impressive. Yeah, that's way more impressive than us having sex. At the same time, we should say. Because we fall asleep in the same bed, just not at the same time. Right, 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 right. Um, But I do remember saying to you, like... I was like... Because I feel like you wanted to maybe have sex. I was like, do you want to have sex because you actually want to? Or do you want to do it because you think that it's what we're supposed to do? Mm -hmm. And you were like... Yeah, I don't really want to. I'm we have to have tired. sex on the wedding night. You could annul me at any minute. <laughs> we were so tired. Yeah. Because, like, uh, I mean, we were going all day. I want to say this, though. The way people talk about you're so tired the day of your wedding, I wasn't that tired. I was busy day tired. The and way the way people try to fucking flog themselves as if, like, I suffered for the most beautiful day. You got shimmied to room to room by a fucking photographer. Fuck but it, you. Well, again, you can't really say because you did have a casual wedding. Uh-huh. So you weren't experiencing the same pressure that people would have. I can withstand more activities than the average bear. No, because think about it. We got to, like, hang out and, like, actually talk to people and we actually got to eat our food and drink I got to smoke. Like, we got to, like, actually chill. Uh-huh. A lot of people really are going from table to table all night, mm. thanking people for coming, having people pull them left and right for pictures, not mm-hmm. just photographers, not, like, having to make speeches, um, having to do, like, the fancy dance. Like, we didn't do any of that. Right. You know, we just, like, had a party with our friends. Right. So it was it is a little different what we experienced. Right. Um but yeah, then uh the nice thing was it was at my best friend's parents' house, so we got to pretty much stay as late as we wanted. This is not gonna be the whole episode, by no. the way. We're just talking no, about No, we're this just side. recapping. We got to stay as late as we wanted. Mm-hmm. Everyone like hung out, drank, smoked. Yep. Had a good night. My friend's husband brought out Doritos. <laughs> it was perfect. Wait, who was that? Uh, Lisa's husband, Joe. Ah. Yeah, okay. he had, like, snacks in the car that he brought out while everyone was smoking. It was great. Nice. Um, and good for them for staying late, because they were the only ones with a kid at the time. Yeah. Like, friend-wise. Obviously, like, your family had kids. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, perfect day. Perfect. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to all the weddings coming up this summer. My brother, my my baby brother's getting married. Oh my God. Oh, yeah, because now it's your side getting married. That's right. I hope and I'm you done. don't have any family, so you don't have to worry about those weddings. That's not true, Sarita. You have one person. Yeah, but I have like 8 million weddings I've been in. True. And since you've known me, every wedding I've been in, you've also been in. That's right. So, yeah. No, it'll be nice to take a break from my side. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah. Um, but, yeah. So, anniversary. Woo. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah. This is the first episode of the Goth Mom Book Club. I'm not really sure how this is going to look, so bear with us. We are reading the 20... I wasn't aware it came out so long ago. It came out 2022, August. Oh, yeah. Uh, That's not that long ago. (laughs) uh, Again, if you're you're doing a review of a movie that came out nine months ago, it's like, what's the point? But books are just... I've read that before. The books are also different in that the way movies and TV shows and albums, all the hype is beforehand. They don't start promoting the book until it's already out. Right. Also, I don't... Just to show we have the physical copy here for you ASMR dorks. Yeah, you're getting a boner over this. 
Oh, God. Um, <laughs> no men listen to this. Also, uh, yes, they do. Oh, okay. Uh, men, shout out. Uh, also, it for the boys. I'm not doing this based on like what's popular at the time. It just so happened that this felt it fitting for the podcast. Yes. It's death. It's parenthood. You know. No. It's, it's dark. Jeanette McCurdy. Yes. As you may know. Was a Did child star. Did you actually star. say what the name of the book was? Yeah, I said Jeanette McCurdy. I'm glad my mom okay. died. Okay. <laughs> um, Jeanette McCurdy was a child actor in the uh, late 90s, early 2000s. You would most know her from the shows iCarly and mm-hmm. Sam and Cat, mm-hmm. where she played the character Sam Puckett, a, a no-nonsense, kind of violent girl known yeah. to beat people up with a butter sock. Uh, a Dan Schneider show... So this is a tell-all, not only about how her mom really kind of mentally abused her, eating disorder, and physically, her, adore- and physically her. and sexually, honestly, yeah. abused her to uh, continue her career, and how she only really realized as her mother was dying, after her mother died, just how like shitty her mom was to her because. That's the thing. A lot of experts say as like the ultimate thing is that you need to realize that. Small children look to their parents for safety, so if the parents are fucked up, the kids just go along with it because obviously the parent must be right. This is the person responsible for keeping me safe. And many people only discover later in life, like, oh, this person fucked me up. Yeah, I I definitely had moments of that. Like looking back on my childhood too, of like thinking things were okay. Oh yeah, and then like. Well, not looking back on my childhood, but in experiencing it, thinking things were okay, and then looking back on it and being like, yeah, this was not okay, or this shaped me more than I realized. Yeah. Um, I've actually had conversations with my dad about that, where he's like, oh, I didn't know this was a problem because you were just like a happy kid. I'm like, I don't know if I knew it was a problem at the time either, if I just like look back on things and think like, wow, that was like really inappropriate to be expected mm-hmm. of me. I, I wish my dad was still alive for a lot of things, but to give him shit for what he put me through. I I usually say on stage three, just because three is a funny number, but no, I was witness to my father being arrested twice. Wow. Before 13. One of them, the famous uh, Mike Tyson of Vander Holyfield fight where he bit off of Vander Holyfield's ear. It was at my stepmom's house, her apartment, where my dad was living as well. And they invited a bunch of people over. And the way these things always fucking happen, she invited her girlfriend who invited her shitty fucking boyfriend that nobody knew when he was a scumbag. And at some point during that, he said something inappropriate to somebody. And my dad, politely in my memory, said, uh, you know, dude, you gotta, you, you, you gotta go. You're, you're being, you're being a handful. We can't deal with this. He said like, uh, how about I do whatever the fuck I want oh, God. on my father's, well, on his girlfriend's couch. So my dad says, okay, goes to my stepmother, says, get Jesse out of here into one of the back rooms. She doesn't in time. My dad goes and grabs a nightstick that they kept behind the bed, creeps up on this guy Bugs Bunny style, like twinkle toes, like, and proceeds to wallop this fucking guy. And then dad and his friends throw him out in the fucking courtyard. And then the cops show up and arrest all of them. Yeah. Um. Without delving into too much of our childhood trauma, because that is a whole episode in and of itself, and my parents listen, so maybe not. But 
I will say this isn't super nefarious, but one line my dad said that always bothered me that I really hope like I do not instill on our child is when I was like a teenager and sometimes I'd be like, oh, you know, I'm still a kid. Why do you expect this of me? And oh, I'm like almost an adult. Why do you expect this of me? He's like, you can't be both at the same time. Uh, you're when you're a teenager. Yeah, uh, you yeah. fucking can. Um, As the great philosopher once said, you were not a girl, but not yet a woman. <laughs> the great. Miss Spears. Brianna Spears. Um, but no, like that always like that sums up a lot of my childhood, honestly, and teenage years of like my dad, like thinking that like, you know, oh, well, pick which way you want to be treated. It's like that's not how being a teenager works. There are things that like I should be allowed to do and there are other things that shouldn't be expected of me, like cleaning your whole house. Yeah. Oh, and that was something I really resonated with um, in this book. So... Uh, I'm just going to say Jeanette, like we're best friends. Yeah. Um, Jeanette talks about how she like lived in a hoarding situation. And after her mom got cancer, her, she basically hung on to everything. It was just mm-hmm. like a way of like preserving memories. And and this was a home with herself, her three siblings, mother and father. And her four, and three siblings. Yeah. yeah. She was one of four. And I believe her. I know her, her grandparents. Grand, was it her grandparents or just her grandfather? I think both her grandparents. Right. But yeah, she described like sleeping in the corner of the bed that didn't have newspapers on Yeah, there on was it. like so much stuff in the house that like they couldn't sleep in their rooms. Like she, they slept on cots. Like it definitely wasn't that bad at my dad's, but I could definitely relate to like just the mess. In his house. Right. It's a, it's, like, it's a hostile environment. It's like, it's like anti-homeless architecture. It's subtly telling you, like, you do not have a place here. Right. And for my dad, it was two things. It was, um, well, his mom was a hoarder, but, like, a very neat hoarder. Mm. Um, but, like, kept everything. And uh, depression. Mm-hmm. Like, he suffered from depression. So I also, like, got the, you know, the ramifications of having, you know, an adult suffered depression right and dealing with that and i'm still dealing with that right but and also as we've stated before he was single most of the time so yes. if, if you were there for visitation you were the only person dealing with this yes and yeah that really resonated with me there was one quote that is in the beginning of the book um that really got to me though as like a parent because that was i don't know about you honey but for me reading this book was very interesting of having both perspectives of parent and child Mm -hmm. and like oh this like I I related to everyone in the book and Mm kind of like looked at how I would do things but in the prologue she says and if she's really going to die referring to her mother what am I supposed to do with myself myself my purpose has always been to make mom happy to be what she wants me to be so without mom who am I supposed to be now and that just really got to me because it's like putting pressure on your kids and like Mm -hmm. them failing to live up to their ex to your expectations and then all of a sudden you're gone you don't have like they don't have direction anymore because you gave them too much direction right because like as as bad as it was it was all she had so once she didn't have her mother to please it's like well what do i do now and some of the things so again the mother had beaten cancer and just decided one day that, like, you should be an actress. And pretty much talked her into, because like... Because she wanted to. Right. Her mother wanted to. And pretty much just, like, suddenly, like, I think you'd be so good at it. Like, really? I don't think so. Like, oh, of 
course she would. We should start, you know, like, pretty much making it out like it was her thing, signing her up for classes and stuff like that. And then, uh, man, one of the things that fascinated me, because I never considered it from this angle, they talk about her eating disorder at length. But Jeanette's. Jeanette's, yes. Because her mother also had one. Clearly. But, uh... It wasn't just a matter of staying thin. She repeatedly says she was like 11, 12 years old and discovered she was developing breasts. And her and her mother both had a a very sad moment like, oh, you're becoming an adult. If you calorie restrict, you will not only remain thin, but you can extend your childhood. Mm -hmm. Like postpone uh, your period. I think she said she didn't have her first period when she was 14. She talks of her first sexual experiences as, like, not even knowing, like, uh, the, the man she's with ejaculates, and she's like, what the fuck is that? Right. And she is, like, 19 by that point. Right. Also, it's it's hinted at. It's not addressed entirely. She is Mormon, so there's also that repression to deal with. Um. Well, eating disorders are about a sense of control. Mm-hmm. And that's what... And you had actually flagged that line to me of, like, anorexia is control and bulimia is chaos. Right. And there was also the line in there that I wasn't aware of that I think they said anorexics can always pick each other out. Well, people with eating disorders can pick each other out. Okay. Um. It- yes. I would, I would say that is true. Well, also, especially if you're, like, around people. And I told you, like, in the past, I've had this with friends and I've had to discuss with friends because I've had my own issues with eating, as have many of my friends, as is pretty much, unfortunately, standard mm-hmm. when you are a teenager and adult. She was an American um, girl. But I've had friends that I feel like are purposely trying to eat less than I do. When we are eating together mm-hmm. and it is so not fun and it puts a light on you of like, oh, should I be eating less? Like I'm eating too much now mm-hmm. and it's not a fun experience anymore. And I've actually addressed that with certain friends of like, hey, like I don't like that you do this because and again, like I don't know if I would noticed this so much if I hadn't suffered with eating disorders in the past, but it is it just you know makes the whole experience fun and i not fun and i will say i think a big part of me being vegan initially started as somewhat of an eating disorder where Mm -hmm. i was like control my dad always talks about how when i was in college um because that's when i first became vegan there's a vegetarian um vegetarian restaurant on campus and I was like oh there's this vegetarian restaurant so I'm gonna go vegan and my dad's like you finally have it really easy and like you're making it harder on yourself again mm-hmm. and that control of like oh I can't eat this I can't eat that um and I still get that way sometimes mm-hmm. and that's it's so tricky if you have any problem with eating because what's that uh What's that trend where you try to restrict your eating window? It's not interstitial eating, but it's something like that. Um, well, there's the fasting. Intermittent fasting. Yeah. In- intermittent fasting. I remember, I, I've listened to comics who were doing intermittent fasting, and one of them had the really in- interesting insight of like, oh, what's it like? Like, it's a lot like an eating disorder. Yeah, interesting. Because it's like establishing very specific parameters about when, what you can eat, um... 
Here's here's a quote from the book that I found interesting. Uh, Mom needed us to be nothing without her. Uh, a good example of how controlled she was mentally. I can't let Mom know I'm into the color purple since Mom prefers pink. She would be heartbroken if I suddenly announced that I switched my favorite color to one that isn't also hers. It is an honor that Mom cares about me so much that something like me having my own color would devastate her. True love. Yeah, that's fucking crazy. Yes, it is insane to know that if you were to exert any independence, not only would somebody disagree with you, you'd be hurting them. That happened with the ice cream in the book. Uh-huh. She liked, like, coconut crunch or something. Mm-hmm. And then she wanted to try cookies and cream. And her mom was like, don't you want this coconut flavor? And they were going to share it. And she's like, that's your favorite. And uh, she's like, the, I didn't want to tell her. Like The way they share and split the smallest of meals throughout the book. Oh, like, my God. They talk about, like, we had a lunch break from the studio. So we went and split a small side salad. Yeah. Ugh. No, it's terrible. See, that is one thing is, like, I, sorry to put you on blast, Mom. Um, but I grew up watching my mom have a poor self-image and, you know, like, put a lot of stock in, like, how much she weighed and what she looked like. And she never, like, put it on me directly. Mm-hmm. Of course, growing up and watching that, I'm like, well, if she's having it, you know, if she thinks she needs to lose weight. And I used to say this to her. I was like, if you think you need to lose weight and I weigh more than you, what does that mean for me? And she's like, well, you're built differently. So while I never like got, I, I never got like that with my mom, watching someone like, a you know, a, a female figure in my life having these self-esteem issues definitely like had mm-hmm. me looking at myself a type of way. I, I do like that there is the self-care motto in mind now that uh, when somebody is overly judgmental of themselves, that it is almost a trend. Like in that situation to be like, hey, lady, stop talking that way about my mom. Yeah. To really connotate like even if you're talking about yourself, you are speaking negative things. About yourself, who is somebody I love very much and look up to. Well, and going back to, like, this gets away from the book a little bit, but it does talk about eating disorders and, like, you know, having this issue being so pervasive in our culture of, like, people commenting. And they talk about this in the Karen Carpenter story, this terrible movie about Karen Carpenter that I highly recommend everyone watch. Um but, you know, you're constantly complimenting someone when they lose weight. Like, oh, you look good. And that mm-hmm. encourages people to, like, lose more weight. And then just as me being a mother and having had a baby, that, like, quote, unquote, bounce back culture mm-hmm. of, like, oh, let's look the way we did before we were pregnant. And I'm guilty of that. And I am constantly trying to chase the body I had two years ago when we got married. And, mm-hmm. like... The reality is I probably don't look that much different, but I don't no. see that. Mm-hmm. And when I was that skinny then, I looked and I was like, yeah. I could be skinnier. The, the, the latest, the, the last time at my adult weight, the lowest I ever weighed was 60 pounds less than I am now. And looking in the mirror at the time, I wouldn't have recognized it. No. I, I thought I still just was fat and yeah. built wrong. Right, and you're someone who has, like, disordered eating as well. Yeah. And by the way, 60 pounds on a lot of people is, like, gargantuan. I'm a, I'm a husky guy, but, like, I'm, like, 250 now, but, like, 190 then it was, like, really not, like, you know, look at me now. Can you imagine me 60 pounds less than yeah. what I am now? Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. 
Um, some more quotes from the book. She talks about her hatred of the house. Uh, this is about she uh, much like you have a little bit of anxiety about being on time. Mm-hmm. Uh, she looked forward to going to uh, church every week as an escape from the in house. The house, yep. yeah. Uh, she says the house is an embarrassment. Mm-hmm. The house is shameful. I hate this house. I hate how being inside it makes me feel tense and anxious. And all week long, I look forward to my three-hour escape into the land of testimonies and pine-scented tile cleaner. Um, and I had in my notes that, like, I could, while, again, my dad's house was not as bad, like, I had my notes that I could relate to that as a kid of, like, being embarrassed about my house and not wanting anyone to come. And my dad always wanted, like, me to have friends over. And I didn't want to. Mm-hmm. Because not only was I embarrassed, it became a project for me that I had to clean up the house. Mm-hmm. Right? And, like, I didn't want that. But that's why I, that has also snuck into my adult life of, like, I am very, like, particular about like oh my god our house needs to like not be disordered because neighbors come visiting all the time like the other day we had a neighbor go upstairs to use the bathroom and i'm like oh my god like thank god i like straightened up a little bit and then she hung out inside for a while i know and it gave me so much anxiety (laughs) i was like it was her first time in our house i was like she's gonna judge it yeah especially having a kid it makes it a lot harder to but i also feel like that's what if you have a young baby people like Everybody's house looks like a fucking bomb hit it when you have a little kid. And I don't think our house looks like a bomb no, hit it. No, uh, Well, I'm looking at dirty napkin, tray, toys everywhere. I pick up the toys every night and put them back on our shelf. Mm-hmm. I do re- I do strain it every I, I, night. I, I'm, just, I'm pointing out this is what regular looks like. Yes. Um, so other uh, relationships in the early part of the book. Her siblings, her and her siblings seem to very much have like almost a war buddy mentality. They don't seem to have a whole lot of closeness with each other, except for the fact that they all went through the same thing. Um, she talks about her mom's like making, making uh, Jeanette and uh, Jeanette, who's like eight or nine and her 16 year old brother bathe together while she washes both of them. That was strange. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't, she doesn't really talk about her relationship a lot with her brothers in the book. I, I saw an interview promoting the book where she said, like, you know, we don't really, like... Just some of them are a little upset about the stuff in the book, but, like, they they know. They know what we went through. Well, what's interesting, too, is, like, I always wanted a sibling mm-hmm. because I thought, like, it'd be easier to, like, deal with, like childhood trauma if I had someone to share it with and it Uh just goes to show that like you don't know how close you're going to be with your siblings or how many of them are going to like maybe deny your experience right I mean with well to not to not get into who somebody we know has a very complicated relationship with their family specifically because one person believes it was far worse and those other people either still excuse Oh. excuse a lot of what what went down or say you're overreacting or you know some people react to trauma by burying it and they and the people the people who react by burying it don't like it brought up and the people who deal with it by bringing it up don't like burying it well and the simple truth is like some siblings experiences can be very different like you know Jean- Jeanette McCurdy was going to be more she was the, fa- the focus. she was the family workhorse right she was going to be more the focus for her mother always because she was the girl mm-hmm. her mother put a lot of stock in how she looked wanted her to be had the experience that she didn't of being an actress well what was interesting was like you could see when 
Jeanette started talking, especially later in the book, about her grandmother and her relationship with her grandmother, where her mother got it from. Mm -hmm. Which I found very interesting because her relationship with her grandmother was traumatic. Mm -hmm. You're a little bitch. She like called her a bitch. You're a little bitch. You never call me and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh my God, to have your grandmother speak to you like that? I can't imagine. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that was interesting to me. Um, so she had a blocker. She yeah, had a blocker grandma. Yeah. So the same thing with bathing the uh, older brother with her as well, which they said like they just went back to back and tried to get through it. This is the sexual abuse portion. So trigger warning, although this isn't on the realm of sexual abuse. This is bad, but could be way worse. Uh, her mom made her mom had had breast cancer. So at a young age made a point of like, I need to check, I need to check your little boobies. Mm-hmm. I need to check, she referred to her vagina as her front butt to make sure there were no tumors or warts or anything there. Um, another line here. Sorry, I say, while I poop and my mom wets a paper towel with water. I'm embarrassed she still sits, insists on wiping my butt. I tried to tell her recently, now that I'm eight, I think I can handle it. But she looked like she was going to cry and said she needs to do it. She said specifically, like, I need to make sure you don't get skid marks on your little panties. I don't know. So I just sometimes I need my butt wiped by someone. Uh, with my butt problems, <laughs> if anybody, the most, the least responsible person to wipe my butt is me. I am, I'm out of my league. I'm like Homer Simpson at the plant. I just showed up on the first day and got the job. I'm really not qualified for it. Uh, no, I, I talk about this. I only found out recently I have been wiping my butt wrong my entire life. I go, I go right through the five hole between the legs. Yeah, that's so weird. It's my- weird to me. Like, why am I going to scooch my ass up? I have an opening. I, I also have hemorrhoids and butt problems. So I was wrong. I guess I lean further up in the toilet because my opening is in the back. Mm. But I can't wait till we don't have to wipe our daughter's butt. Like I mean, I'm very, oh, yeah. I'm very excited for her to be self sufficient and wiping her own butt. Mm-hmm. Um, her relationship about wiping. Yeah. So Jeanette's relationship with her father. Her father is just. Uh, it's. It's that frustration of like, I like this guy, but man, if he had any balls, he should be getting his kids out of the situation, where he's just like, what was the mom's name? I already forget. Oh, I don't remember. But he's just straight up like, uh, oh, Deb. Yeah, he's just straight up because the mom will freak the fuck out if he's like late a little bit. And he's just like, Deb, knock it off. This isn't good for the kids. And like he he takes Jeanette to acting class one day and says just like, let's just blow it off and go get ice cream instead. And then when and then when he gets home, the mother had called and she wasn't there. And she goes nuclear, especially when she was. And you gave her ice cream. Well, and the worst part is, like, she thinks, Jeanette thinks that it is, like, for her father to, like, bring her out of the house and, like, bond with her and stuff. But really, it was, like, about him wanting to be out of the house, too. That, too. Yeah. Um, Which was also heartbreaking. Um, 30 minutes in, but, like, spoiler alerts all over the place. I should have said it earlier, but what made me think of that is uh, she, the fact that, like, he's not their biological father. I f- almost fucking forgot that. Yeah. And apparently... All of the siblings. All the siblings. None of them. Which is funny because I'm reading uh, Ender's Saga right now. And in the second book, Speaker for the Dead, it's revealed that this woman... uh, This woman intentionally doesn't marry the man she loves to protect him. Mm -hmm. And marries another guy who's like a wife user. Well, it turns out he's fucking impotent. And all the kids are from this original lover. But just because it was 
better for everyone's appearances. Like, yes, this guy's this guy's a drunken wife abuser, but at least people don't know he's impotent. You don't give it a longer? Our daughter is joining us for the rest of this podcast. Now, Violet, if you drink too much of that breast milk, you're going to get fat, oh and then God. the directors won't like you. Um, We've talked about that, that we need to be careful about uh, our body yeah. image around her, because, again, you don't want to, like, transfer those thoughts. Yep. So... Uh, with the mention of that, the director, um, so she gets the a bunch. Yes, she gets a bunch of small roles. Works her way up. Uh, a big one. There's an episode of Malcolm in the Middle, where the mother. Your favorite episode. Great. No, Burning Man is my oh, favorite episode right. where that Malcolm loses his virginity. Yeah. Uh, there's an episode where Lois fantasizes, "What if all of her boys had actually been girls?" And of course, like everything's nice and they enjoy going. You know. Uh, Shopping, I almost said camping, shopping together, and then at the end they reveal themselves to be evil girls. Where like the one, the one's pregnant and fucking the crush that Malcolm's alternate has, but uh, Jeanette McCurdy played Dewey, Dewey, alternate Dewey, and says they had to put hard wax behind her ears <laughs> because Dewey's gimmick was his ears stuck out, which I, I didn't realize, but okay. But uh, in there she mentions that she had a little bit of a crush on Frankie Muniz, and and what did her mom say? Oh, yeah. Her mom was like, oh, he's too old for you. First she said he's too old for you. And then she says, also, he's not Mormon. Oh, right. Well, you remember the whole freak out when her mom saw she was in the tabloids with... That's a a little later on. I wanted to get to that. Um, But, so, she nails the the part on iCarly of Sam Puckett. This is after a few bit parts. Because... Well, yeah, but those are, like, ones in X-Files. Well, I was going to say, if you recall, initially, she was not getting parts. She was only getting backgrounds. Right. And her mother was very pushy. Like, that's not good enough. About, and then she finally got features. Mm-hmm. But that was a big thing with her mother of getting super, of course, momager. Yeah. Getting super involved and, like, borderline threatening and giving her all the wrong advice. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that is the thing. In addition to being a momager, she also just seems like a fucking dope. Yeah, being like, smile, like, you you know. Or I'm going in for a dramatic part, though. Like, you smile yeah. anyway. And because Jeanette was so attached to everything her mother said, she would do what her mother right, because her mind her mother is only doing this because she loves her and is trying to guide her yep but um where this like hoary sorry for the word but like hoary lipstick and, yeah. yeah and one or two times Jeanette does try to go like I don't think I want to act anymore and her mother immediately like bursts into tears mm-hmm. like what will the family do because again she's the workhorse at this point and she talks about how they slowly start getting nicer things around the house because of her work. Oh, before we get too far away from it, the other crazy thing her mom did was made them... So her mother had cancer, mm-hmm. went into remission, and oh, every yeah. year made them it watch... It wasn't every year. It was every week. Oh, it was every Sunday. Yeah, it was every Sunday. Made them her, watch... Her, them. Her, her mom made like a goodbye kids, this is me to watch when you grow up video. But then lives, and then they all have to watch it and fucking critique it with like the same notes every week. And they're like, "Oh, be glad that mommy's where she is. Let's look at this video and look where mommy is, and be glad she's there." Mommy can die at any minute, leaving you. And remember, no one survives without mommy. Yeah, God, fuck this. I'm glad she died. (laughs) Um, but she lands the big part 
on Nickelodeon. I think she's... That should be the name of this episode. I'm what? glad her mom died. Yes. Uh, 10 or 11 years old, I think. And she lands the part on a uh, Nickelodeon show starring Miranda Cosgrove, who was famous from School of Rock, which I need to watch today because I'm doing a podcast. Wow, was she that young? What? I didn't realize. I forgot she was that young. Oh, yeah. No, I think she did School of Rock as like. No, no, no. A preteen and then as a tween started iCarly. Or even like a year later, I think, was the timeline. Isn't a preteen and a tween the same thing? Kind of. I would. I, I would. I would put a preteen up to like nine, whereas a tween is specifically like 11, 12. Really? I okay. think so. All right. I don't know. I thought she was like 13 or 14. I don't think they were that old, no. But, um, so, that this show is directed and created by Dan Schneider. A.K.A. Uh, the creator. The creator. Very clearly was careful legally. Um, and you said you've seen that in a lot of things where Nickelodeon kids... Are talking about him. They use the term the creator. Yeah, they're like they're it's like they've agreed. So worst case scenario, he sexually abused all these kids. Allegedly. Uh there's rumors that he is the actual father of Jamie Lynn Spears baby. Yeah, that's so weird. Do you At, believe that? I don't believe that much. Yeah. At the least, he was a monster to work for and shouldn't have been allowed around yeah. children. Um if you didn't see him in this, he was a bit actor, I think he was involved as a producer as well. He was a bit actor in Good Burger, and he played Ricky in, in Better, Better Off Dead. Dead yeah. I'm sorry your mom exploded, Ricky. Uh, but <laughs> at the least, this guy makes very weird... He made Nickelodeon a lot of money. Victorious, iCarly, all that, Sam and Cat. Uh, I think it, Drake and Josh. Which Miranda Cosgrove was also in. That's right, she was a little sister. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to put on a YouTube video right now. You guys can pull it up now and watch along with us. I'm going to describe what happens because okay, it's a short video. It is simply called Directed by Dan Schneider. Oh God, and I see the thumbnail. Let's describe the thumbnail. The thumbnail is... Miranda Cosgrove. Is in the middle ground wearing a pink cowboy hat and looking longingly. What is she looking at? In the foreground, a big old set of... Bare men's feet. Yes. With uh, blue jeans. And it says recording, so this is clearly for a video. Alright, so we're going to describe this. And Hold on, this is some shitty commercial. But again, just look up the video directed by Dan Schneider. And we're going to describe what we see as we see it. Some, some of the, the following, following clips may be disturbing. disturbing. And if I recall, is advised. this first thing that pops up Okay, so this is something that's playing during the credits of something. Um, of iCarly. Of iCarly. I remember that he and Nickelodeon had done, like, you know how, like, you know, sending your tweets of you watching the season premiere of Farty Magoo and the Bear Circus. And maybe it'll get on the show. And they did one, like, uh, you know, iCarly's coming back. Kids, be sure to take a video of your feet and use this hashtag. Oh my god. And that's what we're seeing. We're seeing a little boy lovingly like, look at my piggy toes. <laughs> Aren't they fun? So weird. This little piggy got molested. Ugh. This aired on TV and that's it's just so a kid weird. screaming and showing his with, wiggling his toes. With um little faces drawn on his toes on the uh, bottom of his toes. Huh? Alright. 
a young man is putting a big old bag of ice on like a trucker's naked stomach. Guys, may he's guys guys making very pleasant vision. Oh, there's uh, Sam. There's Sam. Yes. Getting a foot massage. Yep. Jeanette McCurdy again, going under the table. I don't know. That one's kind of funny. She goes under the table, and it sounds like there's a monster under there. The audio doesn't sound good for a kid's show. Yeah, don't get the point of this. Again, uh, that's from the thumbnail. Long, loving view of feet. Oh, and Miranda Cosgrove bites the feet. Are we going over this whole video? It's a short video. He's going to spank his dad. Yep, little boy clapping while his father is spanked with a broom. Executive producer, Dan Schneider. Yeah, it's like this stuff goes beyond just like... It certainly seems like something a foot fetishist would be into. Bag of ice and pants. Put on a girl's face. Yeah, it really... It goes beyond just, like, physical comedy. Yeah. Uh, a girl sticking her toe up her nose. Some random girl. Just a random. A girl being wrestled. Miranda Cosgrove being wrestled. Jim yep. McCurdy getting her feet rubbed. Kid sticking a hose down his pants. Uh huh. And that's the end of it. All weird, questionable shit. Yeah. Um. And but I will say I really appreciated the friendship that Miranda and Jeanette seem to have. Yes. Oh, that was another interesting thing where you could really see the delay. In uh, Jeanette McCurdy's growth was mm. Miranda got her like a very nice gift when they first started working together. And it was like a gift to like a movie theater and some popcorn and uh-huh. shit. And like Jeanette McCurdy's mom encouraged her. Jeanette wanted to get something cool and her mom had her get like a weird like like journal that looked like it was for an eight year old. Mm. And like, I don't know. I don't remember the specific gift but Jeanette wanted to get something cool and her mom's like what about this and this and because Jeanette said yes to everything her mom did got her a gift she was embarrassed about that yeah. like was way too young for them oh she got her a panda right like a like panda a stuffed, stuffed animal. animal yeah so the the time because at- Miranda panda right. that's right so the time on iCarly is basically described as like if the creator is on set he is blowing up at somebody Nobody stands up to him because they'll be immediately fired. This guy has made buttloads of money for Nickelodeon. Um, she's glad her career's going better, but she's very much the flunky. It's the the carrot being dangled a lot of the times is like, oh, I'm gonna give you your own. Yeah, because he's known yeah. to take stars under his wing. Be like, you're gonna get your own show now. It needs to wait a few years because this just started, but this is what we're working towards. And in that time, he's being, like, sexually inappropriate. I think yeah. he compliments her he ass at one point. He tries to give her some some alcohol. Yeah, gives the kids alcohol. Um, By the way, if we're, if we're talking about uh, just known 
child stars that have gone off the deep end a little bit. Uh, Drake Bell and Amanda Bynes are both very publicly associated with this guy. Yeah. And they have both had uh, pretty severe falls. Well, so he offers her her own show and eventually it's like, oh, well, it's going to be Sam and Kat, who Kat came from another show. And Kat- well, actually, no, no, no. Originally, it was supposed to be uh, just Puckett. That's what I was just Sam saying. Puckett. Oh, okay. Was that he offered her her own show and then she was like, he was like, oh, it's actually going to be Sam from another show, a.k.a. Ariana Grande. Well, she's Sam, Cat. I mean Cat from, from another show. See, you threw me off. I said Cat initially. Sorry. So, yeah, and Ariana Grande is a bitch. Uh, Je- Jeanette McCurdy flirts with, like, doing a music tour, like, having a musical project, but is just, like, exhausted by, like, you know, having to film iCarly and then having to go to Nashville for a while and then having to tour, and she just, between that and, like, her admitted anorexia at this point. Is she bulimic by this point? She's bulimic. Yeah. Yeah, because she starts binging and purging. Because she, right, because that's her, her That's her solution. It feels good. Well, and she also likes feeling full. In control. And then and full, emptying. Yeah. Like, she empties, like, everything about her, she says, when she purges. Right. Um, I think also around this time, as she gets a little older, she has a first period and all that, she starts drinking with, uh, I think she mentioned she has a gay friend, but I think also... Yes. The male co-star on iCarly. She says she drinks with a lot. Nothing bad about him. He's a kid like her. I thought she drank with Miranda, too. She does with her, too. But I think that comes a little later. But then she starts drinking every single day. Right. Um... Which is crazy, because, like... Oh, and it specifically says, like, my mom is okay with me hanging out with my gay friend because he knows he doesn't want anything from me. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Right. Um... Yeah, and then she starts seeing someone who works for... It, it, it was like a director. Well, no, no it was a camera a guy. It's a camera yeah. guy. Who is like significantly older than he's, her. He's 30 and she's like 18. Yeah. He's 32. He goes... She, she, he leaves his girlfriend and then meets she, her at her new house. She, sorry, our kid uh, yeah. did the recording. Um, She brings uh, him on like some some excursion well even even before that he shows up at her house drunk having finally broken up with his living girlfriend and he's like i made a mistake i don't know what to do and she's like what just help i'll do anything he's like we haven't even had sex yet what the fuck am i doing she's like i'm not ready for sex could you at least blow me she's like okay sure fine and that's when like while blowing him he comes and she's like oh what's that and he just Curls up in a ball and says, like, I've made a huge mistake. Yes. A joke, like, I've made a big mistake. I've made a huge mistake. Um, did he... Is that the same guy? In Hawaii, yes. Yes. And then... Because keep in mind, later, he thinks he's, like, Jesus and gets all Jesus-y. Yes. So they go um, on... It's some press something. No, it's... Uh, it's pretty much at, like, the end of a season, Nickelodeon gives That's you, That's right, they like, gift it. Right, and you get a plus one, and yeah. luckily for her, her mother is sick again and can't oh, be her plus one. We didn't one. get into that, into the um, the fact she gets her own apartment, right? And basically, the same day, her mother moves in with her. Yeah, and just lives with her. Yep. Um, but this is later on; she's a little sick, so she goes on this. Uh, yes, she this goes excursion on this to retreat, Hawaii, and she she says she's with someone else. But then she, she says, says she's with her gay Colton. friend. Yeah, I think his name was Colton. Uh-huh. But uh, and then her mom sees. Yeah, the T- TMZ of her. gets it. 
And not Which, o- not only like how dare you, you whore. Also, you look fat. Yeah. And I went and looked up those pictures, and she Me too. looks like she looks very thin. Yeah. And she's just like absolutely destroyed. Yeah. How could I hurt my mother like this? Also, I'm a fat little. Well, I was here. gonna say, and also her mother was just like totally like you're a terrible person. Like wouldn't talk to her. Yep, you're a whore. Also, send money. Yeah. Also, send money. The furnace broke. Yeah. Uh, um, I guess at this point, because she's 18, they don't have ready access to her money. Yeah. Um, Jesus, kid. And then it's around this time that her mother finally starts to die. And it, they talk about it in, like, the prologue to the book where her and her siblings are all around the bed. And they're trying to jokingly bring her out of her coma with, like, telling her stuff she'll like. And Sam, uh, Jeanette, actually leans in with her mom like... Mom, I'm finally 89 pounds. Yeah. Like, She's just like, like I, I know for sure this will wake her up. Right. Yeah, and then she dies, and that's how she knows that she's really sick is because she's not getting up for the 89-pound bit. Exactly. Is this after? I believe this is before she loses her teeth. Right, yeah, no, she's still fully, like, bulimic at this point, but at this point, like, she notes, like, my teeth, my enamel's getting soft, and then stuff just starts falling out. On an airplane. Yeah. Here, you, here. You want to play the balloon game, honey? No, not the balloon game. I'm just trying to give her, um, but yeah, and, oh, that was the other caveat. The, the guy, Sam, or Sam, I'm saying Sam, the guy Jeanette was dating was, like, you know, like, he was getting addicted to weed. Uh-huh. And she was, like, that was the... Th- oh. And that's when he has a schizophrenic break. No, no, no. The schizophrenia guy is the one who she met while she was filming in Canada. Oh, wait. Yeah, yeah. He worked for uh, the record company, actually. Yeah. He's, like, a musician. Yes. Okay. And he came to visit. And after, like, they haven't even been dating that long, he's, like... Going crazy because he gives her the. Ca- I, the he's like, I'm pretty sure I'm the reincarnation of Jesus. Right, but first he's like, you need to go to um, church with me. No, first he's like, you need to go to therapy for your eating disorder. That's right. He says, I won't date you unless you go to therapy. And we have a few encounters where she goes to therapy, and then as soon as the therapist starts making headway, she's like, uh, I'm you know, good. thanks, no thanks, I'm not coming back. Bye. Yes. And one of them even comes with her to an award show because she apparently has. Yes. A lot of anxiety tied to not only red carpets, but, like, the full buffet spread that these things tend mm-hmm. to have. And then she freaks out. And... So, yeah, two different guys. As a matter of fact, I think she's at the red carpet thing when the grandma shit starts happening. Mm. With the text corner or cunt or whatever. Yeah. No, just horrible. Um, I swear we'll be more organized on our next... Uh... <laughs> I think we're organized. We just, you think? We have, we have a squirmy, wormy baby. True. Yeah. Um, she is distracting. She throws a little bit of shade at Ariana Grande while at the same time just Grande. putting... Whatever. <laughs> Ariana Venti. Um, Ariana Venti. Where she guy. straight up says, like, I'm jealous because I attempted a music thing. Like, why am I jealous that her music is becoming successful when I tried to do it and I didn't like it and that's why I stopped? But well, she, Also, she has the excuse to be off. Set. Oh yeah, no. She says there's even an episode of Sam and Cat where like Ariana. Back it up. So yeah, there's an episode of Sam and Cat where like Ariana Grande had had a differing, basically had like a bigger showbiz thing to do. So her character is just locked in a box the entire episode, and Jeanette McCurdy just needs to act opposite a box. <laughs> of course, yeah. 
Yes, our baby is making clear, like, I am pooping right now faces. <laughs> and we do not care enough to put you on the toilet right now. Nope. Mommy and Daddy are busy. We're podcasting. This is the family business. Podcasting over potty. Mm, potty casting. Oh, potty my God. Casting. Um. But there is, so there's a whole thing. It's been dangled for a while that before the show is over, there's only seven episodes left in Sam and Cat before it runs out. Uh Jeanette has been promised that they'll allow her to direct an episode. Yes. And then right. at the last minute, all the lineups. Because it's supposed to be the last. Yeah. Yeah, the lineups for the final episodes have gone down, and she's not listed on any of them. She blows a gasket, and it's not stated who, but it's stated somebody was mad enough about it, they said they would walk mm-hmm. if it goes through. Which, what I, do you think that was about? I think it has to be Ariana Grande. I think it has to be, because Dan Schneider's already in trouble at this point. They're not Why making- do you think she'd care, though? Because I, uh, I think there might be some pettiness in there. I guess, but at this point, Ariana Grande is huge. Right, but that's the thing. She's huge. Who can they... The, the whole thing is they said, we can't afford for this person to walk. Mm. So if it's Dan Schneider... Dan Schneider's already in trouble. They've already said uh, they're, they're offering her a six-figure deal as a, as a thank you going away present. With the implicit thing being, don't talk about what Dan Schneider did while he was here. True. And she says, no, I'm not taking that deal. Yeah. So, but he's, Yeah, that's right. So he's already in trouble at that point. So who does it make sense that she doesn't want to name would walk that the show could not do without? True. I mean, you can't have burgeoning superstar Ariana Grande not appear in the final episodes of her TV show that brought her to start. True. So I figure it has to be her. She doesn't dwell on it. But, uh, yeah, it does seem to be that. You know, hold this for a second. I want to see if Ariana Grande responded at all. Um, well, what else I thought was interesting was, so I, th- this, these Nickelodeon shows were after my, my t- Way after my time era. on Nickelodeon. But I still knew of Victoria, Victorious, and I knew of Victoria Justice. And I found it interesting that Dan Schneider was trying to say that video wasn't made for, that show wasn't made for her. I was like, I thought the whole thing was like it was named after her. So that was odd to me. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to think what else. Um, yeah, the, the thing on the plane with her teeth falling out. That was when she had a come to Jesus moment. Right. Was when she had her teeth falling out. And that's when she really did try to get help. I think that's when she tried to start reconnecting with her dad who had been remarried, and that's when she found out that she was not his kid, um, which is crazy. Yeah, they find out that her father's like a jazz musician or something, and they just like show up to surprise him. Oh, her real father, her biological father, that's right. Oh, wait, yeah, there is, again, this is something I kind of respect about her supposed dad, is they do mention that like, He's sad that mom dies, but then he's clearly dating another woman, like, a month later. Yeah. And he calls them all in saying, like, I need to talk to you guys about something. And they think it's like, oh, God, is he engaged already? And he actually says, like, I am not your biological father. My girlfriend thought it would be good if I told you guys that. You are not the father. Oh! Me, Um, so, yeah. Uh, R.I.P. Jerry Springer, except not really. Well, that's... You are not the father is Mari. Mari. I know, but I was singing Trash TV. You will respect Mari's name in this house. No, I always liked Mari more. Yeah, no, Jerry Springer was too fucking... Yeah, too much. So that's basically the book. I mean, she talks about retiring from acting. She met her dad and we don't get any um, closure on that. It seems positive. 
mm -hmm. least the initial thing. Like, yeah. he, it, I wanted to tell you, but I didn't think I should interfere with your mom. Such a weird face. But yeah, so her mom was a cunt. Uh, she doesn't act anymore. I don't know what she did. <clears throat> you know what's funny? She talks about a few guys she dates. She doesn't do iCarly. She backs out of the iCarly Oh, yeah, because they bring it back. She says, no, I can't do it. And she even explains to Miranda. It's like, because she calls, she says her and Miranda fade apart, which is a bummer, but it just kind of happens. Right. But uh, she tries to call her back, and she's like, I can't, I can't. I just can't do it. But the thing about her and Miranda's relationship, which I really liked, is that they can start talking again. Like, they miss no time. Like, it seems like she is still a lifelong friend of hers, even if they're in two totally different places. Because we all have those friends that, like, we don't talk to all the time, but, like, you could call them up and hang out like it's nothing. Yeah. So, so yeah. That was, uh, I'm glad my mom died. What do yeah. you think, overall? I really liked it. It's a definite page turner. Didn't take me long to get through no, at all. me neither. The cha chapters are very short. They're, like, three pages. Yeah. You know what I was waiting to come out? I... <laughs> So th I, I knew that she dated a basketball player at one point. Oh, yeah. But I guess this is after all that because the guys she describes are very clearly like dorky white dudes. Or maybe those are the guys that like had the most negative impact on her life. True. And I remember there was a leak of uh, it, it was just her in like, you know, sexy underwear posting clearly sent to a boyfriend. But uh, I remember, I believe Sam and Cat was still on the air at the time, so it was a little bit of a controversy. But nah, nothing about that. Oh my God, leaked underwear photos! My goodness. Um, yeah, I have yet to choose a book for uh, for the next one. Yeah, as debating our wives under the sea. We'll see. I will have a book picked this week. I may even go back over this and say what the book is. But yes, we will have another book for May. Please feel free to give it's us... It's gonna be May. Yes, please feel free to give us any feedback on this. Share, like, subscribe. Share, like, subscribe. Follow us on Instagram. Um, Yeah, Gothbomb Podcasts on all the things. Um, And when I say all the things, I mean Instagram because I do not do Twitter or Facebook. Um, Hi, this is Perry from the future and just interjecting to say that I have decided on a book and it is going to be Carrie by Stephen King. So yeah, that is the uh, May Goth Mom Book Club book. Uh, so yeah, go read it and listen at the end of the month. But yeah, and then mm -hmm. uh, next week we're going to have our Taylor Swift podcast because yep. Perry listened to all of Taylor Swift, is trying to watch all of the music videos and... Let me just say it's a lot of content. It's a lot of content. Speaking of family content, this fall, be sure to tune in to Nickelodeon where our daughter will debut the, the, the Violet Riot. A, a, a little girl is secretly a, a vet at night. How did she get her degree? Who knows? But she treats dogs and licks their feet, and it's weird. She, Violet Riot. She looks soiled about it. And go yeah. check out Jesse's podcast, KYGY2K. On YouTube. That's mainly where we live now. We have an episode coming out on Three Ninjas still, and we just record... What is Fuck. Three Ninjas again? It's a fun kids movie from the 90s. Ah. Yeah. And... Ooh. What the hell is the episode we just recorded? I don't remember. Oh, we have a Super Mario good? Brothers oh. episode. Yeah, go check that out. It's... Yeah. Timely-ish. Go follow me at Jesse Dram on Instagram because I am actually making a, a brief sketch about this book. Uh, mm. I'm probably going to shoot it later today on 
other Nickelodeon tell-all books. Mm-hmm. Cool. Are there a lot? There's like six of them. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Wow. All right. I have a Clockwork Orange Soda, the the, the sad tale of Keenan and Kel. Oh, so you're making these up. Yeah, I'm making fun of them. Gotcha. Um, so, yeah. All right. That's our episode. We're going to go because our baby's crying and she's a pain in the ass. Don't have kids. Bye. Bye.